welcome to the first episode of the Watchtower Podcast, the new podcast brought to you by the new Tower Productions Podcasting Network, the Towercast Network. Um, I'm here joined today by my co-host, John Eric Castro. How's it going, guys? John Eric Castro here trying to give you an interesting pilot episode for the new show, Watchtower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a spe- we uh, we have um, our engineers and directors, uh, Michael De La O and Austin Young here in the background, just making sure we're sounding good and making sure this episode's sounding good for all you guys. I'm the one who's not Eric Castro. Finally, we have a very special guest today. Um, we have our good friend Oscar Garza. He's uh, he's joining us. Um, I don't know why I just waved on a video thing. There will be a video element, actually. It'll be on YouTube. Oh, there will be? Yeah, yeah. 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 As so, long as you don't clap wait. in the theater, dude, after the, after the movie, dude. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good um, wave. Um, Oscar's a, a, a good friend of ours and uh, film aficionado. I, I love having film conversations with Oscar just because he's he's one of the people that I know that knows the most about cinema and loves cinema. And he's what's interesting about him is that he's not necessarily a filmmaker. He just loves cinema. He just loves watching and talking about films. And uh, we have like a biased filmmaking outlook on it, but Oscar has just like film lover outlook on it, which is just look at his posters. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners, he's got a Rosemary's baby poster hanging in the background that we think is really cool. Yeah. Uh, A little dark, but cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit darker. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, every film that deals with like the spawn of Satan, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oscar, uh, the the way I, we know Oscar, the way I know him is he was he's a TA for a film auteurs class that I took. Um, that was a terrific class, and I, I got into fights with our professor all the time, which is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to him, Avant. Shout out to Avant. Avant Mir is a terrific professor, oh, man. He's, he's got patience, man, because I gave him hell for sure, and I know you did too. How, yeah. how did you, how did how did you give him hell? Because I would also argue with him too, just like Carlos. Like I would give him my opinion, and we would just go at it. With you with know, which one was like debating whether or not Almodovar was on a tour? Uh, well, it's because he likes the which is the director that he's fascinated with. Almodovar, uh, Almodovar. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, it's not they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was? What it was for me, man, is I got in the big. I don't know if you were there that day, Oscar, but I got in the big argument with Avant. About our, he he released his list of auteurs of who he thinks is an auteur. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah, I, he did that, yeah, he did that too. There. I was there, and I argued with him because Tyler Perry was on the list and Kevin Smith wasn't. Oh yeah, you did yeah, tell me. We had this whole discussion about how why is Tyler Perry? I get Tyler Perry has yeah, yeah. Style, he's an auteur and I get that, but Kevin Smith I'd argue is more of an auteur. He's got his own style, he's got his own flavor, and. And he brings, I, I think he offers something much more special to cinema than Tyler Perry does. And that was the whole argument. Or and, even, was Judd Apatow in there? Did he have Judd Apatow? I don't think he did. I don't think he had he, he totally, I mean, <clears throat> he's to- totally, cl- you can tell when it's a Judd Apatow film as well. Just like uh, yep, you can yep. tell when it's a Kevin Smith film. You can tell when it's, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yep. for damn sure. Yeah, that's yeah, but uh, I we got in so many arguments, but good, healthy, <laughs> like challenging arguments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was one moment where like we got in each other's good graces because he <laughs> he had he had this moment in his lectures where he talked about um, the the impact that Scorsese had on using soundtrack in cinema. Oh yeah. And how nobody ever talks about that, and nobody gives Scorsese credit that he's really the first one to use popular. 
popular music in cinema and and yeah. make it his own and and use rock and roll and stuff like that. So that we got into a good a good talk about that how Scorsese doesn't get that credit and and so that was we got into each other's in each other's good graces then. <laughs> I had to apologize to him after a couple of semesters. <laughs> I had to go back to him. Because <laughs> he makes you think. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. He makes you like wonder about stuff, like things yeah, that you need to see. For sure. You're thick at it, right? You're biased to your own opinion, but he'll give you something to, to really think about. So He's an really- author, man. He's an author and yeah. he's a respected professor. Uh, we bumped into him. Um, uh, he was actually present for our 40 when we won the 48 hour challenge. He was actually that's there. Oh, nice. That's where I apologized. Yeah. <laughs> he congratulated us and he was there and that was really cool, man. He was, he actually told us that he wants us to lecture before all this craziness happened. We we're planning on when to go ah. present tower productions and let filmmakers know if they want to be involved in, in his, he asked us to come talk to his class basically. And, and then this COVID thing happened and we couldn't. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, shout yeah, out to yeah. But, um, anyways, um, Oscar, hunting. Uh, Oscar actually, well, before we get into the film, I, I just want to mention Oscar has, uh, is part of a podcast of his own that I've been, I've been lucky to be a guest on for a few times, uh, with his team over at Beacon Claw podcast. They have movies made him so George with producer George, producer George, George and, and, and our, our good friend, Chris, Chris blade. Um, he's, um, he's a good friend and he, I've been on their show uh, four or five times or something and it's always a blast to talk to these dudes about movies man we get in so many good uh, sounds fun dude sounds fun um, we should do a whole uh, like epic Avengers crossover thing and just have everybody yeah and then that's when we should have like the whole drinking team dude, <laughs> yes I'm so sorry <laughs> we'll have a Tower Productions Beacon Claws podcast mix yeah. let's do it man I love yeah, it yeah, yeah 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 but a shout out to Movies May himself, guys. If you don't already subscribe to them on, on their respective podcast or your respective hey. podcast platform, make sure to subscribe to them and check them out. They're cool Definitely. dudes. They support artists all around. They let me go on there and talk about Tower as much as I want. And that's awesome. That, that's awesome of them to, to be able to promote artists. Yeah. From Just city. give Carlos free reign on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But anyways, yes, we're, we're, today we're going to be talking about Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting uh, for the pilot. Uh, so I thought it was very special. It's my favorite film of all time. And that's why I suggested we talk about this. Um, it's, I think it's a very underrated film. I'm going to give just some quick details of the film. You know, this, this uh, 1997 drama was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, which is, which we'll get into the, uh, right now. Uh, fantastic script. And it direct, was directed by the great Gus Van Sant, which I think is an underrated director. He's, He's an art house guy. He's an experimental type of guy, but he knows how to break down characters. He knows how to make characters. And I think that's what's special about uh, Gus Van Sant, uh, who also directed films like Milk and Drugstore Cowboy and uh, My Own Private Idaho. Just uh, terrific pictures all around. Um, Matt Damon stars as Will Hunting, Ben Affleck as his uh, close friend, Chucky, Stellan Skarsgård giving an amazing performance as Professor Lambeau. Oh, and. Good. Last but not least, um, our great, the great, the late great Robin Williams, who actually won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this picture. And, original. Uh, yeah. and we miss him. We miss him, man. We miss yeah. his performance. We miss his style. And, and he was just electric in this in this film. He was the fantastic. Or- the original Popeye. Everybody. Uh, yes. Robert, yeah. that is, no, nobody that's, can take Aladdin from him. That's an underrated. Sorry, that's an underrated film, by the way. Robert Allman's Popeye. Popeye. I liked it. Yeah, it's, it's so awesome. it's so weird. It's like a live action cartoon brought to life. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. long it's, shots, the long shots. Are yeah, kind of, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's made into the Disney style of live action pictures in that era, mm. uh, like Alice in Wonderland, the live action yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Like it's in made in that style, and I I really enjoyed Popeye. That, that's and and I'm Robin Williams is just terrific, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
So Goodwill Hunting, guys, you know, this film um, was, uh, well, you know, it also won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, giving Matt Damon and Ben Affleck their first Academy Award. Um, this film was produced by very notable names that I do want to mention. Yeah. Uh, it was made in Miramax, and I think Miramax was like the golden age of indie cinema. Um, and I think it doesn't get talked about enough because of the, you know, in light of the recent events with, with the Weinsteins. Um, you know, they were they ran Miramax before it was sold to Disney. And uh, Bob and Harvey Weinstein, anything they touched turned into gold when it came to indie cinema. And that's just a fact of, of history and cinema. And, um, and what's cool about that is that we had people like Miramax runners, Miramax producers, directors, writers, they all kind of came together to champion this film. And, and one notable name that, that, that was a producer for this film was Kevin Smith. Um, Ooh. Kevin Smith produced, he was the champion because Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck worked together on Mall Rats and they already kind of had a rapport. Mm -hmm. And um, actually when Ben Affleck was auditioning for Mall Rats, he had already heard about this good script floating around. And when he finally got his hands on it, he read it and he took it straight to Harvey Weinstein and said, you need to read this like now. Interesting. Um, you got to read this now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing it in a Boston accent. There you go. Yeah. Nah, with the khakis, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kevin Smith took it to, to Weinstein's office. He championed it. Uh, him and, and, um, and Scott Moser were co-producers on this film. Uh, it's also notable to note that Lawrence Bender, which is Quentin Tarantino's producer for the for most of his career, uh, was a producer on this film as well. Lawrence Bender, um, and also Chris Moore. Chris Moore was a big producer for uh, for um, for Miramax. Uh, he's most notably known for two things: for American Pie franchise, that was his kind of his baby. He produced that, and he also did Project Greenlight. Uh, that was his. He was the producer on set, making sure Pro Project oh, Greenlight. Oh, I love that one. So he's actually on camera a lot in Project Greenlight. He's like teaching the filmmakers and, and directors what to do and stuff. And um, well, he's obviously good friends with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And Matt Damon, and I was going to say that. Yeah. That's how Project Greenlight came to be. So um, just mo a lot of notable names that championed this film. And uh, one fun fact, um, it wasn't until Robin Williams signed on to do the picture that they finally agreed to do the, the film and they got the money to do it. It was Robin Williams' commitment to, to make this happen. Why? Because they wanted a... a like somebody known? So, somebody well, known. yeah, I think it's important to note that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck weren't known. I mean, Ben Affleck had done films like Dazed and Confused, and he did smaller parts. Uh, about, uh, Matt Damon did um, the Denzel Washington film. Was it Glory? Ooh, damn, he, I forget which one it was, but he did a small part. Um, and then Francis Ford Coppola took note of that and did The Rainmaker with him. Yeah, and then yeah. that's when Matt Damon started getting some traction but he wasn't known at all. These two weren't known. And that's why, you know, they wrote, they co-wrote the script. Did Tom uh, Mr. Ripley come after? Yeah, I it came after. So, yeah. It came after. after right? hunting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very much in the same vein, that film. Totally. The Tom yeah. Uh, sure. It's a good will hunting, but it's, um, yeah, they weren't known at all, especially not as actors. They were trying to be actors their whole lives. I mean, these two, these two guys were running around with the likes of like Leo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. And they were all just kind of running around Hollywood trying to make it since they were kids. Uh, that's actually how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck met. They met at an audition and then they became oh, friends when they were kids. And then they, since then they, they kind of just, they, they lived together when they were writing Goodwill Hunting with uh, Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck's brother, who also makes an appearance in the film. And I, I think he's, his character is just so he's fun, funny. man. You said that they wrote it for him, right? That they it was wrote it for him. They wrote it for him. And in fact, his name in, in the film, if I'm not mistaken, is actually Casey. Yeah, it is. 
So yeah, I mean, let me double check that for sure. Because I need no, to no, he plays Morgan. He plays Morgan. His Morgan, name, yeah. Morgan. By the way, uh, uh, for the people that might not remember, Tobey Maguire was the first Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. plays the first. Hey, Spider-Man. you know what, man? I I love Raimi Spider-Man. I love, it, I, it is what it is. But I I loved him in Gatsby, man. I think oh, he was Maguire's great. Performance yes. in Gatsby is is. That's what he really showed us. Yeah, stuck with me. Stuck with me a lot. I, I mean, he did a lot of stuff. I, I haven't seen Brothers. Shamefully, Brothers so, is great. never seen Brothers. Oh, I've, I've heard dude, that one's deep. That one's deep. Yeah, but yeah, Toby Maguire was in, in that in that realm for sure. And um, yeah, Good Will Hunting, guys. What do you all think, man? What, what's your all thoughts on this on this picture? This this terrific film. Ah, uh, man, that's when I first really uh, saw Robin Williams. That's when I was growing up, nice. ni- ninety-seven. And man, the acting. Uh, when he when he's talking about his wife and he slams him against the wall and he said, "You ever uh, touch? I'll drop you." The sky's falling on your head. The waves are crashing over your little boat. The oars are about to snap. You're just pissing your pants. You're crying for the harbor. So maybe you do what you got to do to get out. You know, maybe you became a psychologist. Bingo. That's it. Let me do my job now. You start with me. Come on. Maybe you married the wrong woman. Maybe you should watch your mouth. Watch it right there, Chief, all right? Well, that's it, isn't it? You married the wrong woman? What happened? Would she leave you? Was she, you know, banging some other guy? If you ever disrespect my wife again, I will end you. Got that, Chief? Time's up. That's so good. He's in the moment. Like, he's in, yeah. and, and, and Matt's just reaction is like, okay. <laughs> Anybody would have gotten I'm pissed off, but he's like, okay, I, I like this guy. Out of the five therapists that I saw, yeah. I think that's when you barely notice and it, it, it shows. It's a, it's a pissing contest, man. And it's, a, it's yeah. a, I love a line that Stellan Skarsgård said in the film where he's like, what is this? A staring contest between two, two kids from the old neighborhood. And yeah. he said, yes. And I can't break first. I can't be the one to talk first. It's gotta be him. So it's just so good. It's so good. But, but I love that you, you notably, uh, Eric, John Eric Castro is, is a, an actor. Well, within his own right, a respective actor. And he's giving us this acting perspective. And I love that you most notably brought in Robin Williams, performance to talk about. That's really cool. That's, that's just to start. I mean, Matt Damon, uh, yeah, Affleck is underrated in this one. I don't know why I people agree. don't like him. He, he moments key moments in this film key moments. What, what what was your thoughts oscar kind of general thoughts about the film what, what do you i've always i've always loved it but re-watching it yesterday i i really it was like a, me too like a breath of fresh air again i was like oh yeah this is why i love this film uh and like robin williams's performance he's so what i found like most interesting about it is that he never really like goes super super showy like all oh, like, yeah. it's all subtleties it's all super subtle and like all his big moments are all super quiet. Yep. And like when we were talking, I think I mentioned to you yesterday, like the lake, <laughs> yeah. which is like the big moment in the, the film. I, I, I want to, I want to say what Oscar told me. I want to tell, say his exact, because <laughs> you know, we're preparing for this podcast and everybody watched the film. And we're all talking about it. And Oscar sends me a message and he says, Dude, can we spend like three hours just talking about the lake scene with with Robin's monologue? Can we just talk <laughs> about that, dude? Because just that scene, and I'm like, it's dude, amazing. Yeah. Oh, 
uh, on a director's per- perspective for that scene, let's, let's, let's get into that scene a little bit. For yeah, sure. Uh, that scene, I remember when Robin Williams died, they did a memorial at that park bench. Okay, this ah. is an actual park in an actual, you know, lake, a right, small right. lake at, at one of the universities. And um, I think they actually were lucky enough to actually shoot in MIT, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. So, yeah. so this lake scene, when Robin Williams died, they filled the park bench with flowers and memoriams, and somebody wrote in chalk, I'll never forget this, somebody wrote, your move, chief. You're terrified of what you might say. Your move, chief. Oh, so good. Yay. Ah, just beautiful moment for me. And, um, and when I, you know, I revisited the film last night as well. And I remember Austin and I were actually, and Delao actually were up playing a little bit of late night war zone and um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't end up finished till like, you know, midnight or something. And I, I still decided to watch the film and Austin looked, tells me, he's like, dude, you've watched the film like millions of times, you know it. Why are you going to watch it again? And I'm like, I know, but I need to rewatch it. I just need to revisit this picture. I haven't seen it in like a year, maybe, maybe a little less, but um, it's one of those that you'll catch something new. Sometimes uh, it, you really do. You really do. And, uh, and just in, in particularly with that scene from a director's standpoint, what I really love about this film in terms of technical directing terms is the subtle camera movements that take you by surprise. They take you, you don't know the camera's moving until you know it's moving. And once mm. the characters are all up in your grill, it, it's, it makes the, the moment so much more intimate. And, and one of those moments was at this park scene. So we have the camera subtly tracking from left to right and right to left. Yeah. And, it's moving yeah. literally uh, almost around these two characters when, when Robin Williams is talking. But the camera movement is so slow and so subtle that you don't feel it until you're like behind Matt Damon's head. And But it, on, in all of these moments, it just gives you this, this serene kind of feel while they're, they're in front of this beautiful kind of peaceful lake. And the camera movement just dictates the emotion that, that Robin Williams is really going into with – Telling Goodwill, you know, telling, I was going to say Goodwill, telling Will, uh, hunting, you know, telling his character, like, you don't know shit, dude. You're a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a kid. Yeah, and that, yeah you, don't know, you don't know real loss until it occurs. Uh, yeah. It's just oh, that, those lines. And I don't know, I don't know who, if it was Ben or if it was Matt who wrote that monologue, but just that, those lines, like, you, you don't know about, if we talk about war, you'll probably throw Shakespeare huh, at me, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh. The breach, dear friends. Like, just genius. Just, yeah. That's what I was going to ask is like, do you know who, cause it seems so, it at the same time seems so Robin Williams, like he came up with that, right. but I wouldn't put it past Ben Affleck and Matt Damon that they actually came up with that. You know, here's, here's the good, the good oh, argument Landon, about, about, about that, that, yeah. that script is that people think, and, and they make fun of it. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are still friends and they still go on Kimmel and, and joke around and, and talk about yes. this, this film. And, um, if you haven't seen the Kimmel, Matt, you know, Matt Damon band from Jim, Jimmy Kimmel, go check it out on YouTube, guys. It's so hilarious. Oh, it's Jimmy great. Kimmel pretends basically that he never has time to have Matt Damon on the show. <laughs> so oh, yeah. And, there's, and there's, there's a moment, there's many moments where Matt Damon tries to sneak in or like he kidnaps Jimmy and kidnaps the show. Yes, but there's one moment where like Ben Affleck sneaks him in with like a fat suit. And oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was like for the Oscars one year and um, and they talk about Good Will Hunting a little bit. But anyways, the, the whole argument is who who wrote more, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? Obviously, Matt Damon's name is is has top billing. It's first. 
And that usually for writers means that that person contributed more. However, I believe that I believed all of that until I saw just how much of a powerhouse director Ben Affleck is because Ben Affleck is a director is fantastic. So you think you're leaning more towards Ben? No, um, I'm just thinking that he contributed just as much. Like I'm thinking that it wasn't just Matt. I think Matt did come up with the story and did come up with these characters. But I I think think that Ben was pivotal as a director. I think his director brain was already working. And I think that yeah. he was contributing special moments like the Chucky moment, like the, the realism of the Boston characters, Boston I think, accents. Uh, the Boston accents. I think Ben Affleck <laughs> contributed more than he's given credit, in my opinion, oh, wow. just because he's proved himself as a powerhouse filmmaker. He's proved yeah. himself that, as that, a good director. That, but that was years later with Argo and all those. Yeah, yeah, but think about this. Think about this for a moment. I love Matt Damon, by the way. Matt Damon is my second he's favorite a, actor of all time. Genius, genius, he's genius. He's my second favorite actor of all time, and, and he's, 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 un, he's unmatched. But uh, I could, I could. Um, okay. I love, I love <laughs> Matt Damon. I really do. I, and I do think he wrote more. I do think he did. Yeah. However, however, after this film, there's really only two other films that Matt Damon wrote, and they weren't big hits at all. Because he really got into acting. Sure, sure. Ben was Look, kind of up and down, Armageddon, yeah, and then the, the whole. Well, well, you know, Ben became the the pretty boy of Hollywood. Ben became the the star, the star. Oh, Gigi you, uh, sucked, dude. <laughs> but but they did Our another Jersey film. Girl. They did another film. <laughs> they, yeah, that's Kevin Smith film. Watch out now. Oh! <laughs> Watch out now. Um, Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. Um, Gus Van Sant did another picture. I think it was called Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, right? yeah, Jerry. And, and what's cool about that film is that Matt Damon co-wrote that with uh, Casey Affleck. Yeah, his brother. It's, it's yeah, both of them. It's both of them just wandering around the desert for two hours. It's great. Super Gus. I like those. Sand. I like those. Super I like those. Gus Van Sant feel, dude. It's really Gus Van Sant. It's like my own private Idaho. It's just it's in that that vein. But um, I I do know that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote this in order to star in it. That was the caveat. They wrote it because they wanted good, juicy characters to prove their their range. Right. Um, so, just like Rocky. I, yeah, my yeah. Yeah, my, yeah. No, no, just just like Rocky, the Rocky incident, and I think um I think that that's what happened there, and I think it, when we're talking about who wrote what, there's no way to tell. There's yeah, they, they don't talk about it, and the behind the scenes of Good Will Hunting on the Blu-ray, the I have the 15th anniversary edition, and on that they have a special. Right. <laughs> they have a special they have a special moment. Uh, they revisited the film after 15 years. Like they had they, they and they talked about they kind of get a little bit about who wrote what, but they they keep it limited. Like it's to mystery. I gotta uh, see that. So so I have the 15th anniversary edition of Good Will Hunting. And I, for those of you on YouTube, you can kind of see I'm holding it in my hands. Yeah. And in it, uh, they revisited the film and they talk a little bit about who wrote what, but they don't they don't really get into it. Um, and I like that. I like that. They don't want to give more credit to one or the other. You think uh, there was still like a little, little, <laughs> a little, a little. No, there? I don't think so. I think both of them are respective. I think, look, let me put it to you this way. I think Matt Damon went on to become the better actor. And I think Ben Affleck went on to become the better filmmaker. Yes, so, for sure. So, you know, I think it all worked out. They, they're both still friends. They both are still there for each other. And, and in the media, very much so, still do a lot of like, I think they just recently did a, a fundraiser together for Omaze or something. Um, they, they, they haven't talked about writing something else together? They, they're, uh, they, they're, they, they, I think they're, they wrote the new Ridley Scott film. No way. No yeah, way. I, I think I so. That. 
I think it's about like this. Uh, it's kind of like the Duelist, like that Ridley, that like the first Ridley Scott film that he did. Uh, it's like 16th century period piece. I want to say, uh, but yeah, I think they they're starring in it and they co-wrote it or Matt Damon co- like wrote it. Ah, oh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I'm a big I, I love it. I think. Um, well, like speaking of period pieces, you know, uh, Ben Affleck did fantastically. Ben Affleck, if you guys don't know, this has a relationship. Uh, uh, a relate. He's related, literally related to Shakespeare in one way, in some way. He's related, uh, to, or he's related to a, an actor that worked under Shakespeare's um, like theater company, something like that. It, they has some relation to Shakespeare, and and what's awesome is that speaking of Merrimack Films. Um, Shakespeare in Love, which is a Merrimax. I love that film. It's such a terrific film. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow actually did, does a really good performance in this, in this picture. And Ben Affleck comes out in it. And I think he plays his ancestor, actually. And, oh, okay, that's cool. And just a period piece and stuff like that. And then, obviously, um, um, Matt Damon has done, like, the... the what are they called? What, what's that? Uh, Born. Medieval, the medieval piece. Um I know that's uh, the the Great not, Wall. No, not the Great Wall. <laughs> we don't talk about. Hey, I love Zangyamo, but not not the Great Wall. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Beowulf was it Beowulf or no Brothers Grimm? He did Brothers Grimm. Brothers Grimm, yeah. He did Brothers Grimm, you know, period pieces. Anyways, what were you gonna say, Oscar? Uh, that yeah, the last. It's called the Last Duel, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. It's written by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Nicole Holub Center. Dude, yes. It's, it's, it stars Matt Damon, Adam Driver. Ben Affleck and Jody Comer. Awesome. Nice. All right. Cool. Cool. Love it, man. I'm, I'm so happy that they're working together again. It's, it's time. It's time. Um, I, and especially I think after Ben Affleck exited Batfleck, you know, Batfleck. I think, <laughs> I think I loved, he was my favorite Batman, man. I'm not even going to lie. He was, he was. Elaborate he was. on that. Elaborate. Please. <laughs> well, I, with, I, the, with the exception of Michael Keaton, Michael um, Keaton. modern day. I, I Christian, know. No, no, Keaton for sure. Keaton, yeah, for sure. Because I like the director, but Christian Bale was both Batman and Bruce Wayne. Nobody's been able to do both. What about I, no, okay, give, give I me think, your I think oh, Bat- Ben Affleck. I think so- Ben Affleck fills the the. I think fills, yeah, he he's, he fills the suit like physically and emo- like emotionally, figuratively. I think <laughs> he fills the suit a little better, man. He's Ben Affleck looks like he's been through some shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like his character, and he plays Batman that way. Christian Bell was a little too polished for me. Um, it's Batman. He's a millionaire. Yeah, but he's what, what he's, talking about? he's moody, and he's still he's dealing fighting, with the death of his parents. Crime. It's not fun fighting crime. Uh, well, anyways, uh, I think exiting. But well, the thing about Ben <laughs> Affleck is he was also going to direct the new Batman. Starring, yeah, you know? he didn't. No, no, he didn't. He, he, he exited I because uh, I hearing. I remember hearing an interview where he just wasn't in love with the project anymore. He didn't want to play that for ten, the next 10 years of his life. He wanted to do, get back to his more creative state. And, um, you know, Matt, was it Matt Reeves that took over? Matt, uh, Reeves, took Matt over. Reeves took over. And then, you know, Robert Pattinson. I think I'm convinced that Robert Pattinson is going to do good. Okay. Oh, he's, I, I, I'm, I'm, also, I'm also in the Pattinson camp. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like after like, you know. <laughs> is he getting buff? Is he going to fill up the suit? Like he can be a person. He he I think like the dude has been doing really weird work after Twilight. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. Good, good good times and like, uh, good times. Wow. The lighthouse. So the lighthouse. You know, the lighthouse. That one. 
The Lighthouse, I'm convinced, was just like a Batman Joker story with Willem Dafoe playing the Joker, and it's so huh? good. <laughs> I still haven't seen it either. I, I'll, I'll see it soon. I'll see it soon. But, you know, I, I just, yeah, I think just in terms of talking about Ben Affleck and, and going back to, to like, you again, if you've seen films like The Town and Argo and you've seen film. I, I've never seen Gone Baby Gone. I, 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 I oh, it's good. It. Very oh, good. good. You know, so that yeah, was his yeah. directorial debut as far as I know. Um, it's different, different. And Casey Affleck has a really big role from what I understand in that film as well. He's yeah. the main character. He's the main character, right? So, yeah, so just Ben Affleck, I think, went on to become the better filmmaker. But, you know, anyways, just talking, getting back to our kind of goodwill hunting, um, there's moments in this film and this film that I, I definitely want to talk about. Um, we talked about the the lake scene a little bit. Um, I think the the one of the most important scenes to me, and I talk to Castro about this all the time, one of the most underrated scenes is is the scene with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in the yard and, you know, in the workyard. And and how he's like, you know, man, how's your how's your lady doing? Uh, it was just right after right after you ended it with her. I'm yeah, so, I'm Perfect so time. glad you brought this up because this is I when you mentioned like uh, like the bits that are definitely Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. This is one where I can feel like it's definitely Ben Affleck, yeah. and like this yeah. is one of my favorite scenes as well. Yeah, I th- look. Let's let's not uh, let's not um, you know forget. Most people, when they think Goodwill Hunting, they think about the the amazing electrifying scene with of the "It's Not Your Fault." That's obviously a big moment, and and it's the moment everybody knows. And we talk about we think about um, when the, she fight, when he the, fights with his girlfriend, dude. Well, oh, no, no, I think I think and I, I want to talk about that right now. But I think just yeah. just to just to talk about the most moan moments, it's obviously that one. I think there's two big moments in Goodwill Hunting that popular, you know, that are popular. It's right. that it's that one. It's the the it's not, not your, your fault. Scene, and it's the how you like them apples. Scene, yeah, which yeah. is one of my favorite scenes. You know, it just just that whole scene of of him. Of you like apples? Little, <laughs> you like oh, I got a number. How you I like, like them, them apples? apples. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, no, but more than that, the scene in the bar, the scene in the bar where he says, "Well, yeah, you'll be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood next day." And you know, just that whole monologue is 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 genius. It's genius. And yes, um, those are the popular. And, and how he ends it? Oh, you want to go outside and see? You want? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but if you got a, but if you got a problem, you know, we, I'm sure we can take care of it outside. Yeah, it's just it's, it, it streets came out at the end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, on my when I graduated from UTEP, I I got one of those uh, hat toppers, and I have it somewhere here in my room, and it says Tower Productions, and then a, a quote right under it in quotes. It says, "My boy is wicked smart." Wicked smile. Casey Affleck's line from the film, and I just did. I had to do that, you know. Um, but anyways, those are the most known moments of the film. But um, I think it's important to note the scene with the girlfriend where she confronts him about, "Well, what about your twelve brothers?" And he said, "You know, I don't have to do this." And that whole scene is very dynamic and very good. But that's a scene that's not talked about a lot. And then the Ben Affleck scene. So let's talk about the Ben Affleck scene a little bit. Um, from an actor's I, perspective, sorry. <laughs> Please, From please perspective, yes. it, it, I love how he's smoking and drinking. Uh-huh. It, it's so hard to keep it consistent. He does it uh, so natural. It's natural. Yeah. He's smoking. He throws it away. Those things that an actor is what 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 stands out for me. Yeah, I, I think I my 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 favorite moment in that that whole conversation is how is when Ben says, you know, when Chucky when Chucky says. You know, you're sitting on a winning, a winning lottery ticket and you're too yeah. much of a pussy to cash it in. And then he's like, oh, man, what is this? I owe it to myself. And he says, no, 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 no. Fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. 
after 20 years, if you're still living here, coming over to my house to watch the Patriots game, still working construction, I'll fucking kill you. That's not a threat. What? That's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What the fuck are you talking about? Look. You got something none of us have. Oh, come on. Why, why is it always this? I mean, I fucking owe it to myself to do this or that. What if I don't no, want to? No, no, no. Well, fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. And I'll still be doing this shit. That's all right. That's fine. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You're too much of a pussy to cash it in. And that's bullshit. Because I'd do fucking anything to have what you got. So would any of these fucking guys. It'd be an insult to us if you're still here in 20 years. Hanging around here is a fucking waste of your time. That that moment, fuck yeah. you. You don't know it to yourself. You owe it to me. That moment, uh, just... It, it that Damon's character changed right there. He's like... Yeah, he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell, like, let me I, tell it, him, like... No, no, no. Like, if you're still here, like, in 20 years from now, like, if you're still here, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, yeah, I'm that's not a threat. Why that's you, not a threat. Yeah, that's a fact. Like, how dare you? Yes. Why are you still here? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it, and it fits beautiful to the ending, man. Uh, so and he goes oh. and knocks. Well, well that's something, that's something I wanted to talk about. That's something I wanted to talk about. The film opens on a very Gus Van Sant experimental yeah. opening credit sequence. But then the, the real story starts when Ben Affleck's character goes to knock on his door to pick him yeah. up. Yeah. And the moment the film ends with going to him going to the door, knocking and not beautiful. Kevin Smith actually loves that. He he considers that moment of Ben Affleck like smiling, uh-huh. smiling, and he's not there. He considers that to be his favorite Ben Affleck moment. Really? And, and, and yeah, even going like that, like yeah, he's like, he's not there. He's not there. And then Casey runs. Yeah, he comes over like a dumbass. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> all right, I get shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's what's cool about about those moments is that. Um, not only I, if you know me as, as a writer and as a director, I love callbacks. I love callbacks in film. Yeah. And that moment with Ben Affleck was a callback to the conversation he had with Will. Like, I want to, I don't want to. And I, he, I wanna, slow, he slowly starts to notice it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and dude, the suspense there's dude, something, like, there's something that I want to talk about that just always, always goes into my mind. Why does, why does Ben Affleck's character, why does Chucky, go and knock he doesn't honk his car and, and i have a theory about this he, he did not honk no well he honks in one moment but it's very yeah. subtle and he still goes he honks at the end and then he still goes to you know to knock on the door he doesn't honk he knocks on the door i have a theory that 
once upon a time, Will and Chucky had a conversation about how people always honk and those aren't civilized people or something like that. Like I have this theory that that's a that's a <laughs> like character deep dive moment where yeah. if you think about Will's character, how he he knows his friends know he's really he's wicked smart. Wicked and smart. and his friends know that he's 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 poor obviously and he doesn't have much to his name and he had a tough life, but he wants to be better. He wants to be more than than the average Boston Southie you know guy and i have a theory that just that moment to me i I, as a filmmaker i really paid attention to that moment Uh, why does he go and knock i think goodwill i think goodwill i think will goes and talk like they had a conversation about this i think will and chucky had a conversation about hey man don't honk outside my door like i'm not i'm not an animal come and knock at my door like a civilized person like i don't know it's just one of those things that i've analyzed every time i watch this picture and um, i was thinking um did he notice that the car was gone you know how they gave him a car? Yeah, yeah. He drives the car out. That's in the in the end credits. You see him on the road with the car. No, no. What I'm saying is Ben, uh, Chucky. <clears throat> doesn't he not oh. notice that the car's not there? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's you know. That I, I thought those, of like, yeah, but those are moments to think about. I think, like I said, every time, like Castro said, every time you watch this film, you pick up on something new. By the way, we're uh, talking callbacks. Uh, son of a bitch stole my line. Sean, if the professor calls about that job, just tell him sorry. I had to go see about a girl. Will. Son of a bitch. He stole my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love so it, good, man. So by, the way, by the way, um, improv moment. That was, was really? in the script. That wasn't in the script. Robin oh. Williams. Literally. The no, no, still there? Or? No, no, no. Yeah, all, everything was there except Robin Williams' line. Apparently, the, oh. original, the original thing was Robin Williams just laughs and says, like stupid kid or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he says, "Son of a bitch, stole my line." That was oh, a Robin Williams that. improv moment. That's um, beautiful. Robin Williams actually. Oh, let's talk about his improv moments. So the biggest improv moment that most people know about is when he's talking about his wife farting in her sleep. Oh, that that's seems, that, that was improv. Totally, yeah, that's totally improv. And here's how you can tell. So when he's he's talking about they're talking about his wife my my wife used to fart in her sleep that she one night she woke up. the dog up <laughs> she woke herself up yeah I didn't have the heart to tell her that moment you see when you see when we cut to the to Will laughing you see the camera shaking that was because the cameraman was laughing he couldn't help but laugh so the camera oh, was moving up and down no camera, yeah yeah they talk about that because Robin Williams improv nobody knew he was gonna say that. And he just made everybody in the room crack up. So the cameraman's over here laughing and the camera's shaking. That, that does make Matt's, sense. Because Matt's laugh is totally, I was, dude. I was just about to mention that. That seems like a super genuine, like, yeah. right on the spot moment, like, of him yeah. laughing. Yeah. We rarely see Will laughing like that, especially. True. That's true, especially Will. Yeah. True, true. So, yeah, that was an improv moment. Just, just, uh, just interesting. And I think... As a storyteller, it's, it's really special to see these moments because, like, the moment where Chucky where Chucky talks about his uncle getting arrested I love that scene and he, he tells the story he's like yeah it was the state he pulls him over and there's an accident a, you know a mile down the road so he goes to take her <laughs> so my uncle in his, in his in, you know laying in, in his piss and vomit and he thinks well, what the hell am I doing here like I'm leaving and he takes off and then the cops like you know shows up at his doorstep the next day and is like hey I, I, I stopped you last night where, where, where were you let me, <laughs> let, let me get in your, let me get in your garage 
Let me let me get in the garage. And the cop car is there, just so good, dude. And then obviously, uh, Mini Driver. Mini Driver, I think, gets a bad rap. I think she did fantastic in this film. Oh, she's wonderful. In this. Yeah, yeah. She's she's, she's really great in this. She's film. not your typical girl next door love interest. She's not. No, she's um, a smart one. She's a smart. She, she's a, she's, a, she's smart. She's super lovable. Her laugh is is the the funniest, cutest thing I've ever heard, man. Like she has a really peculiar laugh. Is that a Boston accent too for a girl? No, no she's British. I think she's, she's British, British, right? Okay, okay. I was like, yeah. Oh. yeah, she's British, and um, and she brings so much lightness to the film, and so much, um, so much character development for Will's character, and I think she was the right choice. Dude, right. the 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 scene when uh, he fights with Matt Damon when she starts crying. Yeah. Yeah, when she she it reminded me of Depth of Field, dude. Afraid. I'm afraid. Uh, what, what, what am I afraid of? What the fuck am I afraid of? You're afraid of? of me. You're afraid that I won't love you back. You know what? I'm afraid too. Fuck it. I want to give it a shot. And at least I'm honest with you. I'm not honest with you. No, what about your 12 brothers? No, you're not going. You're not leaving. What do you want to know? What? That I don't have 12 brothers? Yeah. That I'm a fucking orphan? Yeah. No, you don't want to hear I that. Didn't know no, that. you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that I got it. fucking cigarettes put out of me when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that this that. isn't fucking surgery. That the motherfucker stabbed me. You don't want to hear that shit, Skylar. I don't do you, don't hear tell that. me you want to hear that I shit. I want to hear it because I want to help you because I want to be with you. Help me? What the fuck? What do I got? A fucking sign on my back that says save me? No. Do I look like I need that? No, God, I just want to be with don't you because I love you. Don't bullshit me. Don't you fucking bullshit me. I love you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, of course. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when I was when I saw the film, I was really yelling like, yeah. damn, I, sh I shouldn't be yelling at a girl like this. He did the same thing, but it wasn't like it wasn't like it was I'm gonna defensive. Hit. No, it was. Yeah. Defensive. It was yeah, defensive. yeah. 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 It was beautiful, dude. Oh, She's it's one of the best. Like, let me help you. Oh, like, what do I have a fucking sign on my back that says help me? Yeah, dude, it's so good. It's so good. I but uh, but yeah, Mini Driver is terrific. Um, yeah, guys, I think I think I think Goodwill Hunting, you know, nominated for nine Academy Awards, rightfully so, and it won it won Best Original Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor. And um, I think Gus Van Sant. Um, I saw a film that he did with with Matt Damon called um, uh, I think what was it? It wasn't called. It wasn't Changeland. It was the Promised Land. Promised Land. And it was it was the one that John Krasinski co-wrote with Matt Damon. Yeah. And um, it you re you kind of have another Goodwill Hunting feel to it, but I don't think Gus Van Sant has done anything like Goodwill Hunting. No, uh, since that's that's actually one of the things that I wanted to to like bring up, especially because he gets all this credit, right? He gets like Goodwill Hunting nominated for like nine Academy Awards, gets yep. recognition Robin Williams deservedly so, and like yep. starts uh, like lets these young actors like basically write their screenplay and like uh, yeah go in and then afterwards and i think kevin smith even mentions this but afterwards they're like you can have everything you want gus what do you want you know what i want to remake psycho i want to <laughs> remake i want to remake alfred hitchcock's shot psycho. for shot shot get vince bong for it too and get vince Vaughn to play norman bates and who plays who plays marion crane in that uh and hey and hey isn't it and hey uh, is it? I think I, I want to say that it's her. You're so, absolutely right, man. I think yeah. it's a it's a hilarious. It's moment. so weird. It's such like a weird trajectory that he chose. Like, yeah. gets this massive recognition. I think I think he's getting back to his roots. I think he's yeah. getting back to his roots. I think I I you know if you guys got to see jo Joaquin Phoenix and and uh, he he won't get far away on foot. 
um, and Jonah Hill's in that picture. And uh, that's Gus Van Sant. He directed that. I think that was 2018. And I, I, I saw Gus Van Sant again. You know, I saw him. I saw his films again through that film. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix does a fantastic job in that in that film. And Jonah Hill too is underrated in that film. Um, but he won't get far away on foot. Um, it's 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 such a fascinating just filmography on his part. Just like yeah. he's able to like fluctuate between extreme independent stuff. Like uh, didn't he also do something like uh, was or Snow is No Angels him or David Gordon Green? I think that was David Gordon Green. Yeah. Um, but they, they do have similar styles. Yeah. I, I think he did. Look, you're right. In terms of the trajectory of his filmography, he did. He did the Kurt Cobain Last Days, which yeah. I know I know got a lot of good. Um, good positive reviews he did milk with uh, milk, is, milk is great you know I think. I think that was that was him coming back to the academy awards like it was milk was another big picture um he did what's that the elephant or something like that elephant that elephant, elephant, yeah. elephant which yes. got a lot of big a lot of a lot of you know good reviews and stuff so he's an artsy guy man he's just an art house guy i think he's an art house experimental yeah. guy and, and you really see that in my own private idaho if you've ever had a chance to see it uh, River Phoenix, man, like that's what I'm telling you. If there's one thing Gus Van Sant can do is is character dynamics, and that's why I admire him so much. Character and deep dive into character. Um, but you're absolutely right, uh, Oscar. I think the weirdness of his filmography hasn't quite. It's so great. Can't, he can't really put a, fi- his, a finger on it, but he's he's a terrific filmmaker, well within his own right. Uh, Drugster Cowboy is something I think doesn't get a lot of credit as well. With um, um, gosh, what's the name? The lead. Uh, I'm trying to blink. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. That's oh, right. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon, the drugstore cowboy. Um, yeah, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that one too. But his early pictures. But, anyways, Goodwill Hunting guys, a terrific picture. Um, what if uh, unless you guys have any other, I have one more moment to talk about before we transition into our next segment, and it's just the fact that when when Matt Damon and Ben Affleck accepted their Academy Award. They forgot to thank Kevin Smith. Yeah. Oh, and, no. and, and Kevin Smith holds this to them. The, the reason that he's like, <laughs> Kevin Smith talks about how he's like, the reason I got Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to come back for, um, for, uh, dogma. for Dogma was because I think they felt guilty. I think they just felt guilty <laughs> that, 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 that they didn't thank me. And then later they publicly like thank Kevin Smith. But he's like, I have them by the balls, man. Like that's, the, I'm grateful for that because I can bring it up. Like, oh, well, I didn't get a thank you in the Academy Award speech, and and just by saying that, I can get them in any movie I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then come on, let's talk about Goodwill Hunting two in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Like, come on. Oh yes. Like, uh, come on, dude. Hunting season. Goodwill season. Goodwill season two. Yeah, dude. So good. And isn't Guzman's? Doesn't he make a cameo as well? Yes, dude. He, he makes a cameo counting money. <laughs> he's like. Uh, well, like Ben Affleck makes a like makes an offhand remark, like "Hey, Gus, so action or?" He's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, do whatever you want." And he's counting money in the background. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, all right, cool, guys. Well, let's unless you guys have anything else to talk about Goodwill Hunting, we're going to transition into our next segment. I'm going to let Christian in um, as uh, just to the and, audience and the fans, man. It's worth another watch. I know you oh, everybody's so good, watched yeah. it. Definitely watch it again. Hey, it's on Hulu right now, and it's total. It's so worth watching. It is, Absolutely. It is on Hulu. Um, I, it's terrific picture, man. Like I said, it's it's my favorite film of all time, and people think I'm weird. Like my brother, 
like my brother knows how much I love La La Land, and he's like, La La Land didn't take your first. I slot. knew it. I knew it. And hey, I, said, and, I five bucks. and I ultimately said like, no, like like Good Will Hunting still holds a very uh, dear place in my heart because there's no other film, in my opinion, that I've seen that's made such an impact on me for character development. The way so Will great. Hunting develops in this yep. film is the key example of what character development should be in, in cinema. So, um, so yeah, it holds a very special place in my heart. I love it. I will always love this movie. And I think it, it, it had a lot to do with me watching this film, kind of like Kevin Smith with Slacker. I think I watched Good Will Hunting and thought, man, I could do that. Like, I could tell a story about a guy and a girl or a guy and his friends and just, you know, show them in, in their element. And, and I think that's what this film did for me as a filmmaker. Um, so check it out, guys. Uh, we're going to transition to our next uh, film debate segment where we're just going to debate about different films that have to do with with this. Uh, we have our very special guest, also Christian Yokomoto Medina. Um, he's awesome, man. He does he does some fa- film p- um, posters for Tower Productions that have that we've loved and and they're fantastic fan. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Oscar. Thank yeah, you. And uh, Christian, I don't know if you can hear us. We're we're Big calling fan. this segment the Tower Crown. Um, yeah. Christian, what's going on, man? <clears throat> oh, good. All good. How about you guys? I'm pretty good, good man. Good, brother. Hey, how do you say your, your last name, dude? It's a cool name. Yokomoto? Well, it's not really my last name. It's oh, okay. my artistic name. Oh, okay. <laughs> your, your, your stage name. Okay, okay. Nice. Yeah. It's a cool. little long uh, story. With, it involves a minority report with that one. <laughs> nice <laughs> good deal man well thank you for being on the show christian is going to be coming on to the watchtower and and leading us in this film debate um which i'll let him talk about a little more all right batter up <laughs> well hello listeners in case of uh this is directed from the podcast uh well i'm christian yokomoto medina and this is the tower crowd Awesome. Now, awesome. this yeah. is the ultimate film debate in which Ooh. the debaters don't always know exactly what they'll be debating for. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, so throughout the weekend, uh, I, we put up a poll on our Facebooks with four movies from the topic of the week, which is uh, Student Prodigies. Student Prodigies. Just having to do with Goodwill Hunting. So, yeah, Student Prodigies. Four films. What were those four pictures, Christian? So, they were already. the movie 21. 21, just starring uh, Jim Sturgis. Yeah. You. That's right. And the Social Network. Social Network, right. Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Aaron Sorkin, and David Fincher's masterpiece. Yeah. Yep. Was, it, was it one against those, or what do you mean? Is it? Uh, uh, he's, well, he's just naming the four films. Oh, he's okay. naming, the, naming the, four, the four films that were on the poll. For yeah. sure. So it was those two. And uh, The Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything. Eddie Redmayne. And yes. yes, that is correct. And lastly, it was Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender, another Aaron Sorkin picture yep. with uh, uh, who's the director? Uh, Danny Boyle. Uh, David, Danny, Danny Boyle. Boyle. Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Well, I'm gonna debate well, between that one and the Aston Kutcher. Well, well, one, so. well here's okay. the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> with, uh, out of these four films, we, we put it on our Tower Productions Facebook and and and, and Christian's outfit, the uh, the in the mind of Yoko Facebook and stuff like that. And the poll, what were the results, Christian? Mm. So you as an audience voted. And the two top winners were 2008 21. Yes. And 2010's The Social Network. 
Oh. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I was hoping the social go. network would win. Awesome. The social network is just an exaggerated event that happened. <laughs> okay, we're gonna <laughs> get everything. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I think we, I think we kind of know what's going on here, guys. So, so from the sounds of it, here this is how this is gonna go. Um, to our listeners out there, um, Castro and I, we're kind of being co-hosts. We're gonna argue about these films. Our special guest, Oscar, you you get to chime in wherever you see fit. Yeah, 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 and um, Christian is kind of going to be the judge on 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 which which debate wins, right? Um, so so hey, I, Christian, I, I like I like that shirt, dude. Huh? It looks pretty cool. <laughs> oh, <thank> you, <laughs> I, I very much favor the Social Network. Um, uh, Castro very much favors Twenty One, and that may not always be the case. We both we may both agree on one film or the other, but in this case, we're going to argue because we we both love these films respectively. So, Castro, you want to open with your debate on 20, why Twenty One you think is better? Uh, 21 just because of Jim. I love that guy as an actor. And then just the, the how he goes into the wrong path is beautiful. Since he's a smart guy and he can count cards, and then Kevin Spacey teaches him how to count cards. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. I wish I was like that when I was in the university. <laughs> <laughs> 21. Okay. Okay. Is that, do you got some more? Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me see what you got. Okay, well, here, <laughs> Jim Sturgis, Jim Sturgis I, I think I, I agree with you on that, guys. So Jim Sturgis is such an underrated actor. And he, his, his choices and what he decides to act in is really weird, too. Yeah, I think the Beatles part, one? No, 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 no. That's not a weird choice. That's a fantastic Cloud Atlas. choice. Cloud Atlas is a weird choice. Uh, that, that, that's a good Cloud one. Atlas, Cloud Atlas. No, Across the Universe is my favorite performance of Jim Sturgis. And, yeah, and yeah. I love him. I think that's where I first saw him. But um, but I I think after that he hasn't really done much that to be that's notable. He had a TV series with uh Ross Geller from Friends where they opened oh. a restaurant in, in Brooklyn I think. Oh, Dude, okay. he, he's like a co kid, but one of the best chefs. Nice, awesome, awesome performance. I gotta, check that out. I gotta check that out. Jim Sturgis is good. Yeah, Kevin Spacey obviously good, but Twenty One as a whole to me felt like a popcorn flick, and the Social Network was a much deeper character piece for me. So. Written by the great Aaron Sorkin, which is my favorite writer, screenwriter of all time. He's he's a master at dialogue, and that's what I love. And and Aaron, there's nobody better than Aaron Sorkin when it comes to writing dialogue. Aaron Sorkin did The Social Network. He did Steve Jobs, A Few Good Men. Um, he's he's amazing, dude. He's an amazing. He did Molly's Game. His directorial Molly's game. game. Molly's so Game is so good. It's it, and he directed that. It's just Aaron Sorkin's a master. That and David, and David, yeah, and David Fincher. It hasn't done something like this. Like David Fincher's the seven guy, the fight club guy. The he didn't do so, a character piece like the social network as a drama. He did more thrillerish stuff. And I think this is his wheelhouse, man. I think this is what some the, the best thing David Fincher's done for my my likes. Uh, the social network, of course, if you don't know, talks about um it, it goes into the Mark Zuckerberg and the story of the creation of Facebook. Um and and it stars Jesse Eisenberg and it stars as Eduardo um Andrew gosh. Garfield. Who? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, yes. Um which did terrific in this. Justin Timberlake uh, has a small role. Um it's just so good. It's 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 I not want- his best film, in my opinion. Whose best film? Fincher's? Uh, David Fincher's, yeah. Well, of course, because you like thrillers. Yeah, I like Zodiac. <laughs> love- I love Zodiac. Yeah, dude. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors, man. It's just so good. I the think Social the- Network just—it was just like watching us. Not, I don't know how to say, it, like a TV series that I already knew what happened and everything. Kind of like. Oh no, 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 no! Oh. I think I think the Social Network is awesome because you get to see these characters like explode, man, in a way that 
that that you've uh, you don't really see in cinema when they talk about biopics. You know, when it talks about bio, when we were talking about biopics, the Social Network is explosive, man. Like the, the scene where where Andrew Garfield comes into the Facebook offices and yes. has discovered that his yes. has that his stocks have been diluted, and then you know he goes in and then oh he's wired in. He's oh he's wired in and he grabs the laptop and he throws it on the ground and he says. You yeah, issued a hundred million stocks, you know, whatever that scene. It's a, you better lawyer up asshole because I'm not coming for 20%. I'm coming for all of it. Oh, and so Jesse good. Eisenberg's face is just, it's just so good. Man. It's so <laughs> I never, I didn't feel 21. Didn't make me feel that 21. Didn't make me feel like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to be against the theory of everything. 21 is, it's not compared with social network. I, I'll, I'll, do with I'll do with you with that. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. No, but 21 has its moments. It, it has its moments. It, it's just to me, it's more of a popcorn flick. Uh, uh, I, re, I rewatched The Theory of Everything too, and I, I still think it's more of a, it's like a British drama, you know? It's it's kind of- I little, love the acting by uh, by Redman. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne's terrific. And he won an Academy Award that year, if I'm not mistaken, right? For Theory yeah, of Everything. Yeah, dude. Once yeah. he starts like uh, having what he's having, dude, acting-wise- yeah. I think um, what? Yeah, no, no, no. I think of the the in terms of the social network. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron Sorkin won an Academy Award for for his screenplay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, that film just I don't know. It strikes me, man. I think it's just the dialogue. Look, when you can make somebody watch a film, and this is my challenge as a filmmaker because I like writing character pieces with lots of dialogue. When you can make make a film that intrigues you from minute one to minute whatever. And it's all talking. No, it's all talking, <laughs> not action, not guns and blow and cocaine. Like when it's all action, I mean, when it's all action, when it's all talking, um, that's impressive. It's extremely impressive when you can do that. Um, when, when the film is all dialogue and you're intrigued the entire time. And that's what the social network does. It doesn't need a subplot. It doesn't need it's 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 a courtroom drama almost, you know. It's like, you're uh, just writing a uh, Quentin Tarantino bandwagon. Right <laughs> hey, oh yeah, it's important that. to know. It's important to note on this podcast, on the Watchtower podcast, that the great Quentin Tarantino has said that the Social Network is the best film of the 2010s. That's true. And he did say that. Yeah, he did. Say he that. said that, he, and he, he did said that. that. How? He did say that. He said yeah. that a few days ago, and he said that he believes that it's David Fincher's best film. So just FYI, the great, great Tarantino, who's a cinephile more than he is a filmmaker, he's a cinephile, said this about the social network. He's got better films than this. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oscar, do you have any notes on both films? Anything you want to try? Uh, yeah, yeah, help me out, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, Castro. I'm, I'm taking <laughs> You're going to take the other side? Okay, okay. <laughs> That's like, I, oh, the best shirt. <laughs> I, 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 I think I remember liking 21, but to me it did feel a little bit like it wanted to be like a Fincher. Oh. Stuff, like Fincher yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who directed 21? I think it was some dude. I can't remember some dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was, <laughs> let me, let me uh, look it up. Let me look it up. Yeah, man. Robert, gotta... Robert something. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Robert Lukitic. Lukitic. Yeah, there you go. That guy. Um, but to me, it felt a little bit like it wanted to be like a Fincher film. Like I remember, like, mm. like there were a lot of like, uh, like the shots where they were counting in the casino, it, yeah. Where it felt a little bit like Fight Club or like zooming past like the objects or whatever. And Social Network to me felt like I'm gonna disregard my entire style. I'm gonna disregard my entire style that even yeah. was a little bit muted with Zodiac. 
and just focus entirely on character and just it's gonna be like a freaking like verbal <clears throat> fight you know like it's all okay. just like a verbal sparring much as it's awesome yeah yeah i think i think what's also important to note about the social network is the way it's presented by fincher and, and sorkin is that there's no good guy in it you get to decide yeah. you get mm -hmm. to decide as the audience member who was the right who was right very true you know and i think that's very important for for cinemas just to let the audience make their own conclusions and and you definitely get to do that with the social network i think well, they take they take like all like castro says i already know that story right yeah. but i think what they did fincher took this and said i'm gonna make you understand that you really don't know these characters this is yeah. who these characters are yeah well what do you think of jesse what other movie have you seen that you liked from him Eisenberg, I mean, um, I, I, he did a film called that I think was super underrated, um, the with uh, Jason Segel. Um, oh, Adventureland! No, not Adventureland. No, 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 no. Um, uh, <laughs> but I do like Adventureland. I have it in my collection here. It's it's about uh, David Foster Wallace, the, the the famous author who committed suicide. Oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. Um, the art. I can't remember the name. Uh, the art yeah. of uh, not the art of self defense. That's the other one, right? No, that's the other. Oh, in which he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the art of self defense <laughs> is, is good. Thick. Is it's such a terrific? You'll like it, guys. I don't know if you've seen it or not. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, dude, it's it's got that Fincher thriller feel. So I I know you'd like it, but he sure. did fantastic in that. He's so you would think he's so monotone because that's how his character is. But he's dynamic as an actor in that, dude. It's just, it's just so great. Sure, sure, sure. The I'll double, give I'll give you that. Sure. The double is great too. Has anybody seen that? The double? No, no, I haven't. The seen that. Richard Ayoti film. No, what's that one about? It's, it's kind of like very Terry Gilliam esque. Uh, it's based oh, okay. on the double, the I want to say the Dostoevsky novel. Is he playing uh, like two characters or something? He plays two characters. Yeah, he plays. Two ah, characters. I love it already, dude. And oh, Fight Club split type of guy, dude. I, I think I think you'll like it because I mean, from an acting perspective, it's really it's a really great performance. Where he's, uh, he's I'm doing like double, essentially double duty. Interesting. But, uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. But it's a really great performance, and it's like really weird if you enjoy like Brazil or. What's another Terry Gilliam? Like another weird Terry Gilliam. You know what I saw recently from Terry Gilliam was the the record one, uh, uh, song song by song or something like that. Uh, oh, that that's uh, oh, what's his name? It's not Gilliam. I thought oh, that was the good. True Life. The what? No, 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 the not the True, true Life. life. No, yeah. Oh, that's not Gilliam. I thought it was Gilliam. It's super no. weird, super experimental. <laughs> I, thought, I totally thought it was Gilliam. Oh, is that Terry Malick? Terry, Terry, Terry Malick. Malick. Terry Malick. Malick. Yeah. That's right. You're right. You're right. Terrence Malick. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought it was Austin one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the one, yep, yep, yep. Uh, with uh, Ryan Gosling and um, um, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender's in that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Jesse Eisenberg. The the one I was thinking of was the end of tour. It's called the end of tour. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a and and tour. Jesse Eisenberg plays like the Nick Carraway to Jason Segel's um, Gatsby, and he's a oh, reporter man. just interviewing uh, David Foster Wallace, which was this. This guy who seemed super happy and super great, and he was a writer, and he was a renowned writer. Like his book, yeah. uh, Infinite Jest, is yeah, is just intense, man. It's a great book, and um, and he committed suicide. And this is what this film is about. Just like the moments he spent with this writer, and and Jesse Eisenberg's performance is just terrific, man. It's just terrific. Jesse Eisenberg's great. Okay, because I've only seen him like in Now You See Me and stuff like that. So I really didn't. 
No. I mean, yeah. though, he, he was good in those movies, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just never put him up top. But And then, obviously, he was, uh, he was Lex Luthor most recently in, in the DC universe. Oh, yeah. He was Lex Luthor. Uh-huh. Actually, he was good in that. Actually, yeah, that's true. He was dark. <laughs> he's shoving his eye ranters into people's mouths. <laughs> in the Juicy most character. bizarre way ever. Juicy character, for sure. But, uh, but he's done great performances. The Art of Self-Defense took me by shock, man. I didn't think I was going to like it the way I did. It was, it was yeah, a good it's a weird one, yeah. Um, all right, uh, uh, Christian, do you have any other thoughts on, on both films, or, or do you, you know, do you have your? your yeah, I was stepping back because this was supposed to be like what you guys were supposed to. <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> but please. The, the thing is, like, if we were to crown a winner, uh, definitely it would be. Do it, do it. The Social Network. Yeah. Out of twenty-one. <laughs> No, no, yeah, that's good. That's beautiful, good. I'll take it. Moment. Cool. That's a little trophy. That's awesome. Do you have any? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. If you guys are seeing this, check this out on YouTube, guys. Uh, you'll be able to see the awesome graphics that, that Christian is doing for this segment. So awesome, awesome. Um, um, do you have any other thoughts, Christian, on, on, on any of the films, on both films? Well, uh, out, of all, out of this poll, like, The Social Network was my favorite one. It's the one, like, just like three days ago, I was able to show it to my wife. Oh, nice. Yes. Like, if she likes it, that means it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recently rewatched it too, man. It's it's a film I have to see at least once a year. Like I I love that movie. I really do. I, I will never tire of that movie. Um, do you have any thoughts on Goodwill Hunting, um, Christian? You know, we did talk about Goodwill Hunting a little bit. Do you have any any Have you seen it? Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, first, well, amazing movie for me. It's one of my like top three scripts ever made. Oh, nice. Yes, uh, I've always uh, like. Categorize that as one of the examples of how a screenplay should be to be made. Sure. Exactly, sure, for sure. Awesome. And sadly, like that was basically the last one that uh, they that they did. Like I would have yeah. loved for them to do at least another. Like, at well, least we were we were actually film. talking about that before you hopped on, Christian. It looks like uh, Oscar brought to our attention that uh, they co-wrote the new Ridley Scott film that's getting ready to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice! Well, oh, so that should be awesome. Scott is a hit and miss for me, but uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, he did he did well in The Martian, and that was with Matt Damon. So I love The Martian. Uh, yeah, but the, although that one, the screenplay was from uh, uh, the, the guy who did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did Dune, didn't he? He did, huh? he did Dune, or he's doing Dune, or he co-wrote Dune, or something like that. He's he? doing Dune. Did he? Or did he? I thought yeah. I thought he had something to do with Dune. Drew Goddard. Maybe oh, I'm confused. Uh, at no, least I haven't heard of it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, um, well, awesome guys. Awesome. I think this was a fantastic talk. I think we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour. If not already past an hour, the low you, you may, we're at an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> we're right at an hour. We, we, we think, um, I think this is a good, a good time to kind of close up, but, um, if you're out there listening and you haven't seen Goodwill Hunting or you haven't seen, for instance, The Social Network, 21, Theory of Everything, all these student kind of prodigy films that are very good character pieces as to why, um, what these student prodigies go through in their minds, man. Like they, they're almost born with this and, and you get to see what in their lives affected them to, to kind of pursue knowledge and pursue something outside of their own head. So Goodwill Hunting is like we've said, a fantastic picture. We really encourage you to check that out. It is currently playing on Hulu. Um, and if you see, if you're seeing on YouTube, these, this is my pride and joy, my, my Blu-ray collection. Um, 
please collect Blu-rays. Please like buy Blu-rays and buy the Blu-ray of Yay. Good Wife. Um, physical I, media. Physical media. Yes. Like I'm on this podcast. Showbox. I'm Show gonna. Box. No. <laughs> Corn. Popcorn movies. No, but I, I'm gonna. I'm really on. No, 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 yeah, no. On this yeah, podcast, yeah. I'm going to fight for for physical media. Yeah, like, I'm going to fight for physical Blu-rays. Okay. Support the directors and the makers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah them, uh, I've actually like heard from uh, like from all those like YouTubers and like that actually do really well on the whole uh, physical media thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, apparently, like thanks to this whole, whole situation that we're living in in the world, uh, physical media has actually been going up. Um, yeah, awesome. which awesome. they were dropping for a while and yeah. it's going up again. So wow, yeah, this is it's, it's probably because of me. What like, is it? If you can see <laughs> it's probably because of my <laughs> image on YouTube, guys. This it's probably because of me because I buy way too many Blu-rays. <laughs> no, hey, but but why do you guys think that though? Is it like I mean, what's the difference? Like well, why, think, is it, why, why is it going that, back up? I think that streaming is uh, you can't. Uh, unfortunately, I in my personal opinion. Amazon Prime is the best streaming service because though sometimes you may have to rent or buy, you will always find whatever film you're looking for on Amazon Prime um, on the streaming service. And on Netflix, they have an exclusivity to a certain studio. Um, you know, Hulu has an exclusivity to a certain studio. Sony has an exclusive. So um, I think that that has a lot to do with it. You're not going to find all the films on the streaming service. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. You're not going to find... For a while, people were trying to look for Contagion, but that got sold out. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was one of those. <laughs> as soon yeah. as everything was happening, dude, I, that, I, I make I'm like my friends make fun of me because they're like, "Dude, like you could just stream whatever movie you want." And I tell them, "Here's the thing, though. When I I, I go to a super extreme." When society has crashed and the internet doesn't work anymore, I will have my physical media that will That's still true. work. <laughs> like I will Especially have that little section to the left, too, huh? The little little hidden section to, to the, the, little, the little criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Criterion section is my pride and joy, man. If you collect Blu-rays, collect Criterion, please. Um, yeah. But but yeah, no. When it comes to physical media, a, a big thing too is com- what make what makes every film lover want to become a filmmaker. The behind the scenes. The bonus features, you can't get bonus features on streaming. I mean, unless you go on YouTube and look for it. But beyond that, it's it's on. That's what the Blu-ray benefits, you know. Mm, so, okay, okay. So, it's, it's always cool to collect the artwork, you know. Look at, look hey! at Christian May, dude. Look hey! what Christian May. For those of you that are listening on, on the platforms and not seeing Christian like I said, has made our like fan posters and these awesome posters of the tower. And he made one of my closure trilogy of, of, of edge of desire at a loss and ineffable, which are on the tower YouTube. If you guys want to check those out, he made a physical blu-ray, like a cut, like he printed it out and made it the slip cover. And it's my favorite thing in the world right now. And I want one. Hey, Christian, how how did you come up with those? Like the, the three colors. That's beautiful, dude. Uh, Well, mostly uh, a record. When I was looking, yeah, it's a record. Yes, to, yeah. yes, it's a record. It's yeah. so good. Uh, well, each one I was mostly looking at how the short films were. Uh-huh. Like this one, the most these were mostly the colors for it. Uh, and at a loss was uh, mostly kind of like that gold part. That yellow, so, yeah. Ineffable, I had to kind of like mix it up, yeah. like to for it to be distinguished, right? And that's right, when right. I went to purple, kind of ish. Hey, beautiful, beautiful job! Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the back part, of, like I went with like more of a gold part. Look at that! Who's that? Who's that actor in the middle? Who's that? That sexy guy right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying uh, your life. Hurry's an asshole. Open. Okay. Yeah, he is. But that's a part, that's besides the point. No, Christian, I I'm still waiting for my man. Like I hope you you set one aside for me because I love it and I want it in my collection. I, I want to yeah, frame. 
Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. But um, um yeah, if, in case you guys haven't checked those out, um, uh, just a little housekeeping kind of here at the end. We're going to be uh, starting with season two of the Tower Cast, where you can hear us talk more yeah. about you know, production and, and filmmaking, writing, directing, acting, everything. You kind of hear it there. Um, and then Watchtower is going to focus on more, more cinema and tackling more films and talking more films. So please stay tuned guys. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to all that is tower productions. Make sure to also check out movies, mayhem soap, and also check out in the mind of Yoko on Facebook, where you can see some awesome designs, uh, design work that Christian does. Um, does anybody else have anything to say? Anything you guys want to shout out or, or talk about? Also, Oscar, Oscar's podcast. Shout it out real quick. Yeah, quick. I just I already did the yeah. mo- movies made him so movies oh, okay, made okay. Him so, okay. um, on the on um, I'm, I'm assuming on all major pa- platforms. I, I listen to it on Apple Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Apple. Also, just to clarify, so Christopher doesn't kill me. It's not really my podcast. No, I know. I know you. No, yeah, I know. I know you're kind of more of a frequent guest, but you're you're in almost every episode, dude. And and I'm gonna say, I will say, I enjoy the episode you're on, Oscar, because you bring a different perspective to the table, dude. Uh, oh, you when you and Chris talk about movies together, dude, it's so good. Um, and then obviously when producer George is on, it's it's a special treat. Uh, well, producer George is. Yeah. Well, producer, what's cool about producer George man is that he he has a special uh, a special place in his art for Scorsese films. Yes, and he, he talks a lot about Alice doesn't live here anymore, like as a, ca- a palate cleanser for him for films. So me <laughs> oh, and him, yeah. me and him connect with that dude. It's just producer George is cool. Chris is cool. Chris is the main host, of course, of Movies Made Himself. So make sure to check out. Sounds like a fun podcast, dude, for sure. It is. It's good. It's good. I hope. I hope to be invited back to it soon. So that would be fun. When we, when the when society is not destroying itself, Uh, and we can like go out into the world, we'll be able to to do this once again. Yeah, and and, in the same room together. Yes, (laughs) and and we'll be able to do like uh, like Oscar said the uh, the. It's the uh, Avengers episode. The Avengers episode of, <laughs> of the Watchtower and movies made himself come together. Uh, so awesome, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. Uh, you know, the Watchtower should be coming out on a bi-weekly, um, bi-weekly uh, consistency. So uh, make sure to look out for an episode every other week on every major podcasting platform. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share. And also make sure to check out the video element on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Carlos de la Torre, and we'll see you next time. Love you guys.